It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. According to Joe Burrow, the Bengals' Super Bowl window is his entire career. Well, how has Cincinnati surrounded him for 2023? It's Bengals Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. Joe, um, I'm wishing you a good morning, a happy Monday, and also wishing best of luck to the uh, police officer in my town who is having a career best day today. I took my daughter to daycare and back, and then at the same intersection, went to go get gas and a few energy drinks, and then back to the same intersection to go back to my house, and he had four different cars pulled over each time I passed through wow. the same intersection. Wow. He he woke up today and said, I'm after these people. They got a quota to fill. You know, I don't know what it is, but he's having a career morning, all of that within probably a 30-minute window this morning. I have some revolutionary advice for people looking to avoid uh, traffic violations. Don't sneak through that yellow light. Yeah, just don't just don't break the law. You won't get pulled over. Pretty, <laughs> like don't speed. Stop at the red lights. Stop at stop well, signs. That's that's tough Use because like signal. generally socially accepted is what five to seven miles per hour over the speed limit is the standard driving rate. Like if if somebody's going in front of you and they're doing the speed limit, I would say probably more than fifty percent of Americans would be upset at that person for just driving the speed limit. Yeah, but like I'm just saying, if you don't want to get a ticket, well, yeah, I'm like a five over guy. I'm not a big time over guy. Five I'm over a very, guy. Very cautious driver, as you know. I have I have mellowed out quite a good deal in my older <laughs> age. I never thought of you as an aggressive driver. You've been a fine driver. Uh, yeah, I just get angry when people don't know how to drive. Yeah, yeah you got some good expressions for that. Your road range. Your <laughs> your road rage. You've heard uh, me on the phone way too many yeah, times yeah, in the car. Yeah. We have way too many of our phone conversations while I'm in the car, and you you get all the best nuggets. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bengals day here on the podcast. Welcome. Uh, is it who who dat who dat nation or who day? I can never remember. No, who dat's the Saints. Yeah. So who how dat do you say they gonna beat them Saints? Who day? Is the who day. All right. Welcome, who day, who day uh, nation. Here we're going to talk about your football team. You're next up. It's a it's a busy start to the week here. We've got Bengals, Bills, Chiefs here uh, this week to get things started. Some AFC powerhouses and Bengals are up first. 
Uh, we've studied the tape. We've studied your roster. We've categorized every player. And we are going to talk about the Bengals here today, starting with the offense. So, Kyle, I've done the lead in here. As you've uh, studied the Bengals offense, what's that prevailing thought that you want to bring up first here? It's nice to look at the Bengals and not have to be worried about the offensive line. I think that's the first thing that where you look at the massive influx that they had last year, right? When they signed Lyle Collins, they signed Alex Kappa, they drafted Cordell Volson, they signed Ted Karras. Uh, didn't they draft Dante Smith and Trey Hill last year? Like they brought in like six new offensive linemen. Drafties do math, that's not the correct number, but they brought in this massive influx of offensive linemen. Uh, they bring in Orlando Brown Jr. this year. We don't know what's going to happen with Jonah Williams. We don't know what's going to happen with Lyle Collins. But nevertheless, Capicaris Volson looks like a really promising interior trio. And obviously, they're they're paying Orlando Brown to be the left tackle. So, um, I was, I I thought they were very good in protection. Obviously, the the memes of Joe Burrow at the beginning of the year last year asking like no more empty protections. Like they they got found better balance as the year went on. But I do think that that group in general that the talent is there. Uh, for them to continue to thrive with Joe Burrow and Joe Burrow's strengths as a quarterback and, and getting into the right play at the line of scrimmage and anticipating when he's hot and where there's pressure. So I just think from a protection standpoint and, and a, a skills perspective, we don't have to have this conversation anymore about Cincinnati and the offensive line, which I think is really nice. Well, and it certainly seems like they're unconcerned by Jonah Williams' trade request that came out after right. the, the Orlando Brown. I, I did some reading on that this morning, and like every indication is like he's playing right oh, tackle. He's going to play right tackle. Like that's yeah. cool. Like thanks for the trade stuff, but it, it, that's just how the Bengals have operated for a number of years. I'm right. not like, going to. So quit asking. You're going to play this position and hold your feet to the fire, and I think that's going to apply to Jonah Williams. And I think for Jonah Williams, the best thing he can do is embrace playing right tackle, show some versatility, and. You know, go do it. Um, we'll see what happens with Lyle Collins. Late season ACL tear, big person, tough, right, to imagine what his status is going to be like. We know there's some cap benefit if they were to right. move on here post 6-1. So that's an interesting dynamic. But, yeah, I think collectively this offensive line has really come a long way, and you don't have to look at it and feel like uh, Joe Burrow doesn't have a chance to function. And even uh, last year late in the season, uh, that depth got stressed again. Both their tackles got injured. And, you know, they went into Buffalo and ran the football like crazy and protected Great. Joe Burrow like crazy. And, uh, you know, that depth was really able to emerge. And you know, credit to Frank Smith and that offensive line coach for what he's been able to manufacture out of it. Um, this offense is is really similar uh, personnel-wise to last year. I mean, we got a new left tackle in Orlando Brown. We're slip, switching Jonah Williams over. We're swapping out Irv Smith for Hayden Hurst, and, and that's pretty much running it back here with these right. guys. I mean, maybe you could look at Samaje Ryan as the backup uh, running back and you know, kind of playing a meaningful role last year as both a pass catcher, between the tackles runner, and even catching the football. He had a role. So now I'm interested to see how that RB2 situation uh, takes place here. Chase they Brown. drafted Chase Brown. I know Chase you're going to be excited about that. Chase but. Brown. Chris Evans is a dynamic talent, Chris physical Evans. talent. You know, they got some guys here. Even Travion, Travion Williams, I think, has shown some ability here as a as an RB4 depth, you know, some return stuff. Um, but, you know, it, it, the offensive line looks good. I'm interested in seeing how RB2 settles itself out. I'm interested to see how Irv Smith acclimates here. But then it's it's Joe Burrow throwing the football to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and, and Jamar Chase, right? That's the bread and butter of this offense. Right. And we've had some conversations about – Cincinnati before and and you know heavy 11 personnel team and rightfully so I think at the end of the day 
the best iterations of football are not the most complex iterations of football. They are simplistic approaches that are extremely challenging to stop because you have elite talent on the field. And that... Have you watched um, Brett Coleman with bootleg mm-hmm. football? Who, outstanding. Yeah, terrific. Right? Yeah. Him and EJ, they're both great people. Very good content. Did you watch his Tampa 2 is a lie video? No, I, I have it in my watch later queue. It's, well, been, it's been hanging out there for a while. I'm going to bury the lead just a little bit. Okay. Um, Tampa 2, a variation of cover three, and he's, he's talked about the evolution of uh, – coverages in, in the NFL level. And he talked a little bit about uh, the Legion of Boom and that Seattle defense. And when Seattle's Legion of Boom happened, I, I liken this Cincinnati offense with 11 personnel to the Legion of Boom for, on the defensive side of the football. Because it happened and it worked because they had elite talent at all these junctures and this perfect player for this perfect role and Richard Sherman on the corner and Earl Thomas is this unicorn high post player and Cam Chancellor is the guy that's down in the box and Bobby Wagner at at the linebacker position. It worked because you had elite players at the critical positions and then everybody else across the league tries to replicate it. And you can't replicate it because while you can take the concepts and the concepts are simple, the application of it only works when you have the elite rare talents doing the things at those specific positions. If you took the Cincinnati offense and you said, we're going to do what Cincinnati does, but we're going to do it with somebody that's not Jamar Chase, somebody who's not T. Higgins, and somebody mm. who's not Joe Burrow, mm. that's going to be a really ugly Yikes. picture to paint. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's where... Cincinnati is such a difficult team to defend and why I think they're such a fun offense because at its core, they don't play the most nuanced or complex variation of football. It's instincts, it's elite talent on the perimeter, and it's a really special distributor of the football at the quarterback position who gets it and sees the big picture and sees the 30,000-foot view and the microscopic details at the same time in Joe Burrow. I think that's an awesome uh, parallel to draw. I think one thing that I think Bengals fans wonder and even I wonder is, well, what if you did have a little bit more dynamic scheme, right? Like what if this wasn't just Joe, wasn't just Joe Burrow throw the football to top tier separators and within great timing and and rhythm. Like what if you did have more play action? What if you did have more um, RPO screen game type stuff? What what if that stuff was part of your, um, your, your identity as an offense, like how much more dynamic could be, could it be? It's, it's, you know, they set a high floor with what they do, but I'd kind of be interested in seeing how that can evolve and even be more difficult to defend. So, all right. Well, that's the, uh, the Bengals offense. Anything else? Yeah. They're really good. That's Uh, that's it. (laughs) Defense is coming up here in just a moment, but first make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs, because right now, New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if that first bet doesn't win. And there's so much to love about betting over at FanDuel. they got great promotions. It's a safe and secure, simple-to-use app. You get paid instantly, and there's tons of action to get in on, whether it is the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals or the Major League Baseball season or football's futures. 
They have so much to get in on. There's simply no better place to get in on the sports action than America's number one sports book. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get that no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Lou Anarumo's a trip, ain't he? He's elite. Man, they... What they bring from a variety perspective is is really, really fun on the back end. And I think you look at this Bengals team defensively and how they have, they have had certain matchups throughout the course of the year where when they smell blood in the water, they really create a lot of confusion, a lot of chaos, a lot of turnovers. I mean, they had multiple games last year, three games last year with four turnovers forced. They had another one with three turnovers forced. They create a lot of confusion, and they are really fun to watch with how they keep opposing offenses on their toes. It's kind of the inverse of what they do offensively. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I think – Anybody who studied, studied Lou Anarumo and this Bengals defense over the last couple of years, really starting with that playoff run, twenty twenty one, where they went to the Super yeah. Bowl and what they were able to do with just the multiplicity of their schemes, and you know that defense can look one way for the first half and completely flip upside down in the second half. I mean, it is the most multiple diverse defense that I I've seen in the NFL. Um, I I think where it really starts, and and I know that you don't fully agree with what I'm about to say. Um, but this is this is a team, and it might be the only team in the league that I'll have graded this way, where every one of their four starting down linemen and both of their stack linebackers receive a quality starter grade or higher. You know, I, I think that this, and, and as somebody who champions front seven play um, as the nuts and bolts of a defense, like it, it's it's really fun to see just how solid this group of Hendrickson, Reader, Hill, Hubbard, Wilson, and Pratt is. I think that's just a, a really really collectively in totality just about as good of a front seven in terms of starters as you're going to find and speaking of the box what we need to do is throw the Bengals a parade for finally uniting us on a nickel player <laughs> we have mike hilton graded both of us which yeah. is might be the first time in two weeks we've had the nickel Every player graded exactly the same up. Yeah, we come in here in the pre-show and it's like oh well, we didn't agree on the nickel again and i thought for sure we were going to have to do it again because roster cornerstone for Mike Hilton's a very, very lofty assignment, but he is the best nickel defender in football as far as I'm concerned. If you're asking me who the best coverage player is who lives in the nickel, it's Mike Hilton. He's up there. He's up there really high. He's he's an absolute stud. Uh, best blitzing defensive back in the league. Uh, I Most physical corner, a slot corner, I think, in the awesome league. Awesome tackler. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's just you, – you, I'm sure Bengals fans love having him, right? You know what I mean? Just one of those dudes that's just like like everybody's low-key favorite player, right? Everybody I'm sure loves Chase and Boyd and Higgins and Burrow, but, man, Hilton's that dude. Take a timeout. All right. Let's say the Bengals, they draft another safety. 
next offseason, right? And I don't I I don't know Hilton's contract situation off the top of my head, but let's say Mike Hilton's under contract for twenty tour and they end up drafting another safety and they want to say, Oh, you know, maybe we could save some money, maybe we'll move Daxton Hill to Nickel Corner. What would Mike Hilton be worth in a trade? What would you trade for Mike Hilton? I mean, slot value has been impossible for us to sort out, right? Correct. Now we're talking about trading. I mean, you remember when Des King was float, floated around? Like, there was, like, no market. It, Hilton's better, but, like... Hilton's owed $6.45 million in cash next year. I think and, and, and that they, they would never trade him, right? But it's, it's like, how you and I have had the Justin Tucker debate. Like, what would you trade for Justin Tucker? Like, I, Hilton's, like, the defensive version of the same thing. Hey, nice, nice uh, bird dogs tumbler. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, still only twenty nine years old too. He's a player. Been a player for a long time. I think a big storyline with this Bengals defense is obviously switching out the safeties, right? Von Bell, Jesse Bates, a really, really high quality pair, and now you're stepping into Dax Hill, who I mean, he played a little bit as a rookie, but you know now his real opportunity comes mm-hmm. and Nick Scott, who you bring over from the Rams. who I think, you know, physical athletic player, but you know, we, we've pretty good athlete, right? But like, Von Bell is, is a really high quality player. So that swapping them players out is going to be an interesting dynamic here, as well as at corner, the return of Chidobia Wuzier, who's been awesome when he's been healthy and his, the way he started last year was phenomenal. And then Cam Taylor Britt, who was a rookie, who I thought stepped up and, and just got better every week, in, even into the playoffs. Um, and so, how does you know how does this secondary stabilize? I mean, it's it's a group that's never played together before. You know what I mean? And so, um, while that front seven is really, really, to me, a lot of continuity, a lot to like, and there's a lot to like about the the secondary, but piecing it all together is going to be important. And Lou Anarumo has a great history of doing this, but that's his big big task here in 2023 yeah um i'm gonna float something out there and it might not be the most popular idea but it would it be that bad of an idea to bring eli apple back Um, i just i i worry about the depth of this group well i'm sydney jones dj turner i think those are the guys you're looking at but i mean eli apple has been a polarizing player um, that has been better at times than he gets credit for, but also just he's he's loud. Uh, there's just there's a lot there that comes with him, right? Um, right. Yeah. But if I, if I, you were to if Chidobia Wuze is not the standard of player that he was before he got hurt, or early if season Tal- injury though, that's got to be helpful. There. Yes, I agree. Or say they sustain one injury in the cornerback room. He's on speed dial. It's it's just a group that DJ Turner being a rookie, we obviously saw how they handled Daxon Hill last year. Well, very deliberate in taking their time and getting him ready to step in. So DJ Turner, I think there's a little bit of pressure there to be ready to play. And if not, then I would not mind seeing this team go out and get another veteran corner in the build up to the start of the season. Yeah, I think Eli Apple makes sense. I, I and I'm th- you're gonna roster six corners. So Chidobi, DJ Turner, Hilton Cam Taylor Britt, Sidney Jones, like you have room for another guy. I mean, Alan George and Jalen Davis aren't preventing me from bringing right. better depth than Eli Apple. Right. So that's uh, just as I as I look at the defense, and I, I largely agree with you. You kind of threw me under the bus here, but the front seven, I have quality starter or cornerstones for six of the seven spots. 
in the defense. Hey, and the one player is not the one you think, guys. It's not and the it's, one you think. it's it's not Jermaine Pratt. Got the blue. It's not Jermaine Pratt. Blue. And I gave an adequate starter grade to the seventh player in the box. I've now put the depth chart up once, so they don't know yet, which okay. is fun. And we'll put it up when we have to come to consensus at the end of segment three. But, um, yeah, I I think the front, uh, being able to bring back Jermaine Pratt, who kind of felt like it was assumed that he was going to be gone, is nice. Having DJ Reader healthy for a full season will be nice. Um, They have some young players and some interesting depth between Miles Murphy, who they drafted in the first round, Cam Sample, Joseph Asai, Jeffrey Gunter, kind of have a type, right, with their edge guys. And they're all these big, long, physical pass rush types. And we would be remiss to not give flowers to Trey Hendrickson for being an absolute monster as well. I know we it's well-established, longtime listeners of, of Draft Dudes and, and Locked On NFL Scouting that we really love Trey Hendrickson's game. But um, I think they have plenty of juice in the pass rush room. Osai kind of popped for you quite a bit throughout the course of the year. Last year, uh, They've got some cornerstone players in Mike Hilton and DJ Reader. They have some youth, some exciting youth in Taylor Britt, Daxton Hill, uh, DJ Turner, Miles Murphy. Uh, and then they're able to run back the sec- second level of that defense for Trey Pratt and, and Logan Wilson. So, yeah, Logan Wilson's been a fun player to watch him ascend, really, second half of 2021. Mm-hmm. Turn that into a full season in 2022. Like, he looks like an absolute stud. They get Pratt back for a deal that, like, I wasn't expecting it to was be as six? low. Yeah, it six was a per- lot less. So, like, good for him, good for them on getting him back on that. But I will say this: uh, like the group, I, I get a little bit nervous if they have to lose DJ Reader for any length of time again. Um, just, I mean, Josh Tupo is is been there, but you know, there's a certainly a big drop off there. And you know, even behind BJ Hill, they're counting on like Zach Carter and Jay Tefeli to kind of take a step there. So, yeah, they don't they, they don't really have they, they, those they, guys got to stay healthy. They don't really have a penetration rotational guy there either right like if you told me zach carter when we were projecting him from florida you kind of assumed he would be a base end mm-hmm. maybe like he he's more like murphy and asai than he is like a traditional three tech penetration type player but they're kind of kind of wish they had that type of player. yeah yeah i think it would really create a lot of problems with what shelby, they have on the edge so shelby harris is out there somebody's stop him. no can't happen. Just saying, man. All right, come to consensus uh, here after a very, very quick break. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm going to throw up the big board for those of you who are watching on the YouTube channel. Nice blue uh, Bird Dogs tumbler there you have, Joe. Thank you. Yes. Um, so our cornerstone players that we have for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, DJ Reader, Mike Hilton. Quality starters, Orlando Brown, Alex Kappa, Trey Hendrickson, B.J. Hill, Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Jadobi Wuzier. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the offensive line: Ted Karras, 
Jonah Williams slash Lyle Collins, adequate level starters, Cordell Volson, incomplete evaluations. The players that we have to come to consensus on. Wide receiver Tyler Boyd, running back Joe Mixon, and defensive end Sam Hubbard. Where would you like to start? Tyler Boyd? Sure. Let's talk about Tyler Boyd. All right. I have him as a quality starter. You have him adequate starter. Um, I mean, he's just been one of the most productive slot receivers in the game, and that really has been with Joe Burrow, but also without Joe Burrow. He's still – I think he's 28 years old. I think for that role that he fills, man, um, it's it's an important one for this team. The production speaks for itself. He's not, like, aging or in the decline. I, I feel really comfortable with him as, like, a quality piece of this offense. So some of this is not Tyler Boyd's fault, right? You've got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. You're automatically the third mouth defeat. Mm-hmm. And his yards per target did go up by a significant amount in each of the last two seasons. You think about 2019 and 2020, he was in the, the mid-sevens. Last year was 9.3, but some of that also came in large part because uh, Jamar Chase missed a month, and it kind of changed the distribution of the offense. I just think about a, a really reliable player who is your third option in the passing game, who doesn't get a ton of volume. He gets a decent amount of volume, but he's caught 67 and 58 passes over the last two seasons. And he had the lowest yards per game total that he has had since 2017. And putting him in the bucket with the other quality starter wide receiver grades that he have has that we have given when reconciling the production and his role within the offense and how it has changed by the two cornerstone players you have on the outside. I just, I hesitated a little bit to put him in the same bucket as Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, Brandon Cooks, Darnell Mooney, so on and so forth. Very compelling argument. This is what I would say in response to that, because I, I think that's very, very fair. Through the lens of a slot, and I think this is we, – like we didn't fall into this this time around on defense, right? Like we just didn't – that didn't have to happen. With the nickel? Right. But like through the – if you look at him slot. as a slot player, like in the world of receivers, I would agree he's a yellow. In the world of slots, and that's the lens that I put on him, you know, that's that's where I – um, got myself to the blue on him. So I guess the the receivers that we've done thus far, and this is our 19th team, that are probably going to be high-volume slot players. We willing to put Mooney in that world and have Moore and Claypool as the outside guys? I'm just trying to identify blues that we've given that's like, yeah, you would, might take a majority of your snaps in the slot. Yeah, I would think so there. That makes sense. And then with Lockett, is Jackson, Smith, and Jigba going to be an exclusive slot, or is Lockett maybe going to take some reps on the inside? I think, I think Tyler will play a good amount of inside and outside. So those are the kind of the, the two names that have some correlation to the role that we're talking about with Tyler, but... I would agree with you that he is a leg up from Isaiah McKenzie and Zay Jones and Braxton Berrios and Olamide Zacchaeus and Juwan Jennings and Curtis Samuel and 
So maybe well, like what has to be done here is is in our application of the scoring, be mindful of this. Because I see what you're saying. Wide receiver lexicon yellow, slot lexicon blue. Okay. Well, he's going to play slot for Cincinnati unless there's an injury. And hey, maybe with you know Charlie Jones and Andre Yusevich, he won't play. If there's an injury, maybe one of those guys can step up a play outside and keep Tyler where he's best suited to play. But if the vision for Cincinnati is that he plays in the slot, then we probably need to grade him with the slot lens, right? I would agree with that. Okay. Um, Joe Mixon. Go ahead. Make your case. I had him as an adequate starter. My guy, you're all, you're the Joe Mixon guy coming out of college and I've become the Joe Mixon guy in the NFL. He didn't have his best season last year. I, th- I mean, I'm not right. I'm not going to debate that. He did not have his best season last year. I think that my grade for him, I gave him the quality starter label. My grade here is really reflective of um, a lot of what I saw from him in 2021 um, in that type of role um, and what he can mean as a pass catcher. Like, I, I however you want to reconcile last year, I, I understand it. I think the overall body of work has been more quality starter. Though. Here's my... I'm going to read you some numbers, okay? Mm-hmm. 3.9, 4.1, and 3.6. You're a big yards per carry guy. Oh, it's yards per attempt the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. My guy put up 1,200 rushing yards because he carried the ball 300 times last year in 2021. And I think their offense is probably healthier not having Joe Mixon run the ball 300 times. And then catch forty-two balls. Now he caught sixty passes last year. I just think he's a at this at this stage. I think you can look at the last three seasons. He's been a volume guy, not necessarily an efficiency guy. And fifty fifty-eight point one yards per game from a, a per game perspective on fifteen carries versus. The last three seasons was 18 carries a game for 75, 19 carries per game, uh, rounding up 20 carries per game for 71, and 17 carries per game for 71. Like his other, his his most efficient season was his second year in 2018, and that that's a long time ago. Now he's had three 1,400-plus yard seasons total, but those two, two of those three came on 313 and 334 touches and in those two seasons he averaged 4.5 yards per touch so i think the volume stats are interesting the efficiency stats are like the efficiency stats will tell you that joe mixon's a middle of the pack running back his epa per rush right in the middle of the pack his rushing yards over expectation middle of the pack he's also middle of the pack right there with saquon barkley christian mccaffrey josh jacobs Derek henry like i don't reconciling all this is difficult and I don't want to like, I'm not going to put, like, I, I, I think that all of that tells us that he's not a cornerstone. Correct. But and what, like, if, if you look at middle of the pack efficiency standpoint and he didn't play particularly like the, like the tape says that he didn't play. I'll go yellow. I'll go yellow. Okay. But like Saquon Barkley's probably going to be. I don't know, man. Like what? Well, remember, <laughs> remember what I graded Saquon Barkley last summer when we did the the presentation on the Giants. 
And, and that's he, over a three-year stretch. The numbers that I gave you, 2020 uh, – no, that's 2022. Excuse me. Yeah, 2022. Like, uh, the Saquon Parkley argument is an interesting one, and obviously he's – there's that's a fascinating storyline that we don't really have time to do right now because <laughs> we're going through this team series, and he hasn't signed his tender, and he hasn't ruled out sitting out the season, but we'll cross that bridge, right? But I think that Sa- I don't think invoking Saquon helps Joe Mixon here. Right. Sam Hubbard's our last name. All right. I gave him an adequate starter. You gave him a quality starter. Mm-hmm. And for me, it came back to the old Joe Marino tactic of looking at other edge rushers that we put in these buckets. Okay. And I don't think he's in the same tier as his teammate, Trey Hendrickson. And your other blues are like Zadarius Smith, Bradley Chubb, Matthew Judon, Josh right. Sweat, I'll Alex Highsmith. I'll take the L. I'll take the L. Okay. Call mercy there. I just wanted to show my love for Sam Hubbard. Here. And understandably so, he's a good player. But I don't I don't I don't think I can I can I can't argue against that. I'm looking up like his pass rush productivity and all that. It's not good. So And he's in a bucket with guys like Frank Clark and Preston Smith and Jerry Hughes. Yeah, that seems appropriate. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. There is your consensus, and there is your, if you are on the YouTube channel, you can see the full death chart. I'll leave it up for uh, three Mississippi before I take it back down. And we put a bow on this conversation. There's your three Mississippi for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe, it's in the bag. Who we got tomorrow? Bill's Mafia. Bill's Mafia tomorrow. Come on by. <laughs> hey, we're going to see. Special shout out to Cleveland Browns and yes. Seattle Seahawks fans. Showed up. Showed up in the YouTube. Showed up. We had some. We had somebody who reached out to us at the end of last week. Hey, what helps you the most? Downloading the podcast, the YouTube channel. Do all of it, please. <laughs> right. But um, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. But then swing over to the YouTube channel and you know engage with us there. I mean, we had uh, Cleveland in 96 hours almost set the number one view count for any team that we've done. And the team that's in first place was the Colts, and we did them on May 8th, and they were the first mm-hmm. team that we did. So Cleveland almost caught them in 92 or 96 hours. Shout out to the Browns. The dog pound. The dog. I hope they picked the right logo. I didn't. I didn't see how that. I happened. haven't seen the updates on that either. But that is a critical storyline for this offseason. Bengals get better, Kyle. I don't know that they did. I think there were some parallel steps. I think they're banking on the guys that they've drafted to have in the pipeline, and I think that's a, a very good approach when you are getting ready to pay Joe Burrow and getting ready to pay Jamar Chase. That you kind of have to brace yourself for a little bit and, and make some tough decisions, but letting the safeties go um, that you have an, a little bit of an unproven track record with your cornerback depth. You have Chidobi Wuzi coming back off of an injury. Like you said, they effectively just ran things back and, and I think Orlando Brown jr. Is probably a better left tackle than Jonah Williams. I agree. I'd say Irv Smith is maybe a parallel move. So I'd say maybe you're, marginally better on offense, but I don't think you're better on defense until we see what Dax Hill looks like in that role and Cam Taylor Britt with a full year of, of experience. So uh, I don't think so, but I don't think they're 
far from what they were last year as a team that very easily could have played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're right there. They're right there at the top of the AFC, yeah. but I, I see it the same way. Maybe they're better on offense with swapping in Brown. We'll see about RB2. I don't know. Is, is Smith going to come in and be what Hurst was at tight ends? But I think you do have a question about the defense, and you know, safeties are an important part of a disguised defense and a versatile, like, multiple-look multiple defense. You know, you got a couple of new guys in, in, in the fray here. So um, maybe they're not better, but, I mean – you have not, I don't think they're worse. AFC is any team. Yeah. 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 Well, that's going to do it. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We're Draft Dudes. Lock on NFL Scouting. You can find us on podcasts wherever you listen. And on YouTube, hit subscribe to the channel. Comment. Follow along with us. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Your teams every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Monday. We'll be back in tomorrow to break down the bills. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.